welcome. I'm Lori Lee Binstock, and you are listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. In my quest to find alternative therapies and even medications to heal mental health, I've been testing out a neurostimulation device that you wear for 20 minutes a day to treat insomnia, anxiety, and depression. So for 10 years, I was taking trileptal, which is to treat bipolar. I was actually misdiagnosed bipolar 10 years ago and taking the trileptal, it, it kind of minimized my episodes, which it, it was somewhat helpful, but I was still feeling depressed and anxious. Last year, I actually went into um, residential treatment and found out that it wasn't bipolar, but PTSD from childhood sexual abuse. And you know, I, from then on, I switched to SSRIs, Zola, Prozac, you know, but they were after a few months, you know, they were doing, I was doing really well on them, but my hair actually started to fall out. So then I switched to Pristique, which is an it's SSNI, antidepressant, same thing, but that came with a whole another host of problems. What many of you may not know is that I participated in an MDMA drug assisted therapy to help me with my complex trauma and to also wean off my medications. But even in recovery, I, you know, I still get anxious and depressed. I'm working on trying to get past these medications. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying for me, it just, I'm not a great person who takes medications. But today I invited Kelly Roman, co-founder and CEO of Fisher Wallace Laboratories, and they created the wearable neurostimulation device that I was just talking about. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. Uh, honored to be here. Thank, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, I, I know that you yourself, you've dealt with your own struggles with depression. And I'm just curious, how did you cope? And is this what kind of drove your passion in creating this device? Yeah. So when I was in my 20s, I, I, I was on anti, uh, antidepressants and I tried Lexapro and, and Wellbutrin and uh, highest dosage and and I did find some help from it in terms of lowering the depression symptoms in the first few months. I don't know if it was a placebo effect or not, but but I did find it helpful. And then the 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 antidepressant effect began to wear off for me. But the big problem that I experienced with medication was always being hungry and and weight gain. So kind of more what were likely kind of serotonin related side effects. So this device that that we manufacturing market it was actually invented by two electrical engineers and and my my business partner Chip Fisher and I acquired the patents from it then we took on the responsibility of really commercializing it it was actually Chip that my my partner who who bought the patents uh and then introduced me to the device and so I was in the market for something else I actually had at that time had had this is 2008 uh, 2009 I, I had stopped uh taking medication I had been off med meds not doing great, but was kind of feeling better without the meds because I didn't deal with the side effects. And I was just trying to exercise as much as I could. And it wasn't doing the, the trick. I still was battling some depression and, and this device really helped me. And so when I, when I had that experience myself, um, I realized, well, you know, I'm still an N of one. We, we have to have, you know, some clinical data on this that's going to show a treatment effect over a, a, a large population. But it, it was inspiring and it became easy for me to kind of commit to uh, this business because I also didn't experience any side effects from the device. The device we know now causes very, very few side effects. It's about 1% side effect rate versus a 38% side effect rate for, for SSRIs. And those side effects from our device is just headache, dizziness, and you can get some skin irritation under the electrodes. 
if you don't keep those sites clean, but it's extremely minimal, right? That's that's almost no side effect. So I was really inspired to build the business, and I can get into that. I was really lucky that uh, that I that Chip introduced me to to the technology. So when I went to residential treatment, I was introduced to a whole host of um, modalities that I wasn't really familiar with. You know, EMDR, somatic experiencing and neurofeedback. And so I'm just wondering, is neurofeedback kind of sim a similar therapy to? Um... No, it's, it's it, so it has, it has, has kind of a similar name with the, with the word neuro, but the, the feedback part is what differentiates it. So what we're doing, what our device does is actually stimulating the brain with, with electrical stimulation at a, it's actually a package of frequencies and it's pulsed alternating current. We have electrodes on either side of the head uh, and they connect to a, a small handheld device. It's very comfortable and it's 20 minutes, as you said, and, and, and you know, you, you use this. With neurofeedback, uh, you're actually kind of training the brain based on your response to what's often visual, can be audio st uh, stimuli. By using sometimes a, what's a form of, of distraction, you can kind of interrupt the the thought process of the brain uh, while you're watching, say, a video game or listening to some some sounds. So it's really more of a response um, that's that sensory, as opposed to what we're doing, which is directly stimulating the brain with electricity. You can actually use our device in combination with neurofeedback. And while we haven't, we don't commercialize that. We we did do a study at Baylor uh, last year with 42 uh, police officers who were combining uh, virtual reality experience with with our brain stimulators. So so I think there is a lot of potential there to combine neurofeedback and brain stimulation. Do you guys suggest combining the neurostimulation with anything else besides neurofeedback? We don't we don't make those recommendations. So we're really focused on validating the device as a standalone in terms of safety and efficacy. And then the physician, the prescriber can make a decision. So we have now about 14,000 prescribers in the United States, and we're in touch with some of the high volume ones to get their feedback from their experience pres prescribing it. There's a doctor, Eric Barkey, who's prescribed it many, many times, and, um, and he's had a lot of success combining our device with medication in order to get the dosage down. So if he has a patient who's on the highest dosage of an antidepressant, is seeing some antidepressant effect, but is also experiencing uh, a high level of side effects because of the high dosage, he will combine with, with, with the device and see if he can get that to the minimum dosage. Ultimately, he, he has had success getting people off drugs, but he also has a lot of patients who remain on medication, but at the lowest dose in combination with the device. So, so that's really at this point left up to the provider. And I think the more the provider uh, prescribes the device and the more they get more comfortable and have, have their own kind of a you know, track record with it. I think ultimately there, are, there will be more studies. I think we just completed three large clinical trials for the device. And so I think one of the things that we'll do when the data is published, I can't get into the details of it, but I can tell you that, that we believe it's going to support our FDA approval process, which we're uh, applying for. And I think once that data is out there, you're going to see more and more doctors trying the device and there'll probably be more research combining it with, with drugs and, and things like digital, the digital health apps, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is very popular and is now delivered pretty conveniently through the phone. There are studies that show, for instance, the combination of, of cognitive behavioral therapy with medication tends to be better, better outcome than, than one or the other by itself. So 
I think we'll see more studies along that line too. And what's nice about cognitive behavioral therapy, obviously very, it's not, a, it's not, it doesn't have uh, side effects of medication. So I think combining that with, with our device could, could be very useful. You touched on side effects and they seem pretty minimal, you know, they're not, they're not the side effects of like, you know, your hair falling out and then that's right. causing a whole new set of issues. Right, right. Can you talk a little bit more about the, the side effects? You know, someone who, who's, who's watching every day and keeping the skin clean will not tend to have any skin irritation problems from the electrodes. Now, there are people who, uh, there are patients who, who actually, that may be a specific issue where they're, where, where they're, they're not bathing a lot because, because of depression and so forth. So, so that could become a, a problem. Um, so we do, you know, just let patients know you have to keep that area clean. But assuming you're doing that, uh, headache and dizziness are really the, the two uh, uh, side effects that we see. And it's, it's less than 1% of patients. And um, last year we sold uh, almost 11,000 devices and we had a 0.7% uh, of reported side effects. It may be higher than that. There may be people who are not reporting them to us, but that, that was the percentage that was reported to us by the patients. And it was, you know, headache and dizziness. Those things go away when you stop using the device. Those are not uh, side effects that will persist. They may even be, if you do happen to have that, uh, say dizziness, you may continue to use the device. I mean, it, it may not prevent you from using it. Uh, and even if it's a mild headache, that, that not, that's not necessarily going to happen every single time you use it. So there are patients who will get a headache sometimes in the first uh, use of it, but then they won't get one on the second or third or fourth. So, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to tell. I mean, if you're not used to putting electricity on your head, you can be a little, it can be nervous. You can be, mm -hmm. a, it can be, you can feel a little nervous about doing that. That's understandable. And that may actually be part of the reason why people are uh, experiencing headache. Uh, it may actually be a little stressful. Um, but but again, it's compared to drugs, it's just a different, it's just a different world. I mean, that's one of the, the greatest things about this device. Actually, I, I've been really excited. I've used it for three days. And if you are listening to this on um, audio, I do also have this available for YouTube. The device is very small. It's very compact. It was actually very comfortable to use. My kids are like, what is that? Can I use that? But I was, <laughs> but I, um, I was like, well, I'm going to sit on the couch. And when I'm done, they're like, are you done now? And I'm like, yeah. And it's 20 minutes. And it just, it lets you know. I get more excited to put the device on rather than um, taking medication. Yep. I feel like it's different. Maybe it's because I'm just not someone who likes to take medication. I feel like I, I deal with a lot of side effects. Um, you know, I was talking about being on Pristique, which didn't make my hair fall out. But if I didn't take that medication the same time the next day, because it has such a short life, I would go through withdrawal symptoms. Like I would be wow. vomiting. Wow. It was awful. And so once I realized that that was what was happening, something was happening to my body when I was withdrawing from this, I was like, I don't want to get back on this. Wow. Um, yeah. And I had to wean off of it. I did um, MDMA assisted therapy, uh -huh. um, psychedelic therapy, and it was an, a whole week of just vomiting and withdrawal symptoms oh, and migraines. Oh. And then it was it was awful. And so I realized I didn't want to be on this medication. You know, luckily, you know, I found out about this neurostimulation device and I was like, OK, well, you know, maybe this can help me while I wean off of the medication. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we, we've actually done some work at a rehab facility called Phoenix House and a different situation than yours, but people who have who had just stopped taking opioids uh, or cocaine and alcohol uh, uh, abuse. So 
they, they had been taking large amounts of these substances. And so they were also in withdrawal different than you would with a, with a medication like that, but withdrawal symptoms, and that can include uh, vomiting and nausea and, and sleep problems. And, and the, the patients actually who used our device stayed in rehab uh, at a 50, 50% higher rate than the patients who, who had the regular rehab without our device. And, you know, they reported re reduction in anxiety and better sleep. And so it makes sense, right? That if you're in withdrawal that in the, and you're able to, uh, to help anything that can help manage your symptoms. In this case, with the study, it helped keep those people in rehab for up to 180 days. So that was a great outcome. I can see why, uh, especially for someone who went through withdrawal symptoms, um, just trying to wean off medication. Yep. Um, I, yep. it was, it was extremely helpful. I did go to the doctor because even after, you know, I was told I could still get withdrawal symptoms six to eight weeks after, and I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't do anything. I mean, yeah. I was getting migraines. I went to the doctor and they're like, well, let's just test all your levels. You know, all my labs came back perfect. There was really nothing. It was literally just kind of the withdrawal symptoms. And it was, you know, just kind of how I hold my stress, you know, because I was incapacitated for so long, I, I, I was behind in a lot of my work. It's really exciting. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so I'm all about trying new devices. And again, I don't want to, I'm not knocking medication. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. I don't yeah. it, it help a lot of people. I, I mean, it, it, but, um, but, and I, that's why I wanted to highlight how doctors are actually sometimes just able to get people to a lower dose and the combination is what's working. And that lower dose is what can really help reduce side effect loads. Well, how long um, can it take for someone to see results? So the, the studies we just completed, um, we did a major depressive disorder study with about 250 patients, uh, a generalized anxiety disorder with 307 patients and an insomnia study with, uh, with 200 patients. Um, and those were each eight weeks. Uh, and the primary endpoint, so the, 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 the main thing that we're looking at is what is the effect, uh, effect of, of, of reducing symptoms as measured by these gold standard assessment forms? In the case of depression, it's the Beck Depression Index. In the case of anxiety, it's the Beck Anxiety um, Inventory and the, the Beck Depression Inventory, uh, as well as also using in the depression study, um, Hamilton, uh, Hamilton scale. Four weeks is the length of time that we expect to see uh, patients have a response. Now, some can have response in the first week or, or, or two. Now that response could be, be placebo effect, but typically we would expect to see a placebo effect wear off uh, of, in some way. If you're doing it for four weeks and you're still feeling like it's working, that's a very good sign that you're actually getting a treatment effect. We, we did a, a very small study at Mount Sinai on bipolar depression that showed, that showed a, a difference. Now, you know, we did these studies during a pandemic, and I think these are people in lockdown who a lot of them had uh, likely not gotten any psychiatric help ever uh, and were in desperate need of it. So I will not be surprised, and I, I can't talk about the data yet, I, and I haven't even seen it all, but there, there can be a, a significant placebo effect, especially in that kind of situation. So, so we, but you want to see active uh, in any study, you want to see the active device do do better. And so, you know, but four weeks is that, is that, uh, and, and our, on our website, we, we have a 30 day return policy for that reason. All right. So you get all your money back. It's free shipping uh, both ways. And, and that's why we have that 30 day 
return policy is because that's you you should be seeing results within 30 days and if you don't then you know we, we don't want to keep your money uh, we get about uh, you know 13 or 14 percent of our devices back from our patients so that's a pretty acceptable return rate if that is our effectiveness rate if 85 percent is our effectiveness rate with patients that's stratospheric in the world of uh, mental health it's probably not that high. Um, there may be people who just don't mail it back, but but people these are people paying out of pocket, you know, hundreds of dollars. I think most people care about that amount of money. So we're pretty happy with the return rate. I think it's also great that you are offering 30-day return rate if they're not seeing any any results. Right. So I'm just assuming this this device insurance isn't covering. These well, let's just begin. Device, that's right? part of the reason why we did these studies. It's because we're FDA cleared now, mm-hmm. which allows us to market, and it's a little technical for medical devices, a little different than drugs. And so we're going through this approval process now. So we did the studies. And once we, if we get a full approval uh, based on, on the studies, then insurance will likely cover this uh, quite quite a bit. And they're going to do that for a couple of reasons. One is because it, it's a, a beneficial treatment, but also it can really save the money because even though generic drugs can be inexpensive, branded drugs certainly are not inexpensive. They're, they're very expensive. And then there's the doctor's time. The doctor's time is, is with a generic drug. What's, what's really expensive, right? If, if you have to have multiple visits to modulate your dosage and the check on side effects and to say, Oh, maybe, maybe this drug didn't work. You should try this drug. All of that's very expensive for the insurance company. So so I think that's coming. Uh, we, mm-hmm. That's why we did the, the, the one reason why we did the studies. If you happen to live in Maine and you're on Medicaid, you're in luck because Maine Medicaid approved our device for full coverage. They're the only state so far that has. Oh, wow. um, and so people in Maine on, on Medicaid, which is called Maine Care, can get the device for free. Excellent. Well, that's that's great information because I feel like at least it's it's definitely worth worth it to try. Right. Uh, and Risk so I'm actually, and if it doesn't work, you send it back. That that's kind of our, our proposition. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm very excited to, you know, I'm, you know, I've only used it for three days, but I'm very yep. excited to see, you know, what's to come. Yep. So this is just, just to reiterate, like this just kind of boosts, like stimulates your brain, boosts the serotonin, kind of re- helps regulate. Yeah. So that's one area where we have some data is, is increases in serotonin and lowering of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Mm-hmm. That's one thing we know. We, we've done studies on that. There's two other things uh, that we have some data on, which is a modulation of the default mode network, which is kind of a, a, what they call a collection of the center brain regions which are responsible for parasympathetic nervous response. So kind of the fight or flee. And so we're able to regulate that. It looks like uh, it's not definitive yet. Um, And then there's brainwave entrainment, which if you think of like is is an oscillating electrical field or mechanism, all all these neurons can actually entrain the brain waves with with alternating current stimulation. That's been proven in, in many, many studies our device is alternating current. And so what is likely happening, and we need more research to on this, but there is already quite a bit showing entrainment, but getting the brain into like an alpha wave brain state, you know, our device is one of the frequencies our device uses is around 15 Hertz, which is slightly on the high end of alpha. Um, and so if you're able to get the brain into that state with a device, then that may explain why people are getting to sleep faster and why they're feeling a an anti-anxiety uh, effect from it. 
And then, so you have a combination of these things, the serotonin, the cortisol, the default mode network, the brain entrainment. There may be other mechanisms that we have to study. For instance, there's data out there that shows stimulating the optic nerve can, can impact mood. And you may have noticed from using the device that if you close your eyes, you can see little flashing lights. That's something that may actually be not the flickering itself, but the fact that we're you know stimulating uh, optic nerve, those nerves are, are very connected with the brain. So that may actually be a pathway that the stimulation is using to influence uh, other structures in the brain. So so there's a lot more research that we have to do in terms of brain imagery and, and mechanism of action. What we're focusing on, what we've just focused on is actually, all right, let's start with the symptoms. Let's see mm-hmm. if the patients are treated and then let's spend the resources to figure out how that's happening in a more detailed way. Because if we did it in the opposite way, we would have spent all our money to kind of figure out mechanism. But but if you don't show treatment effect, then it's like, well, who cares? Right. right. So, so we did the treatment studies. It took us a number of years to raise the money, but we did. And now we're finishing these studies. So then we'll move on to figuring out exactly how it's working in the brain. And to be honest, you know, a lot of the drugs are not hundred percent sure either. Uh, they're not right. even, you know, 60% sure on how uh, some of these antidepressant drugs actually work. They can point to certain things in terms of, you know, increases in serotonin, for instance, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs, they increase the amount of serotonin, but then there's a whole debate of how responsible really is serotonin in mood. Now there's actually quite a debate about that. And there's a lot of of scientists who think that it's other things that are responsible. So, so it may turn out with our device that it's not in fact the, the serotonin production that's the primary cause of, of the treatment effect. I mentioned in my intro that I deal with severe anxiety and depression really around my cycle, right? It's just, that's when my hormones shift uh-huh. and everything gets thrown out of whack. And I'm wondering like, is this something that like can help with that? We've done a little bit of unpublished work on menopausal women who, and we're able to regulate their heart rate variability. Just to get back to that other point you're talking about, about feeling, um, say, if, if you find mood symptoms are, are you know, come, happen to be occurring around your cycle. Mm-hmm. So we, we are doing, and we're probably going to do more work in that, in that area. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Because of COVID, we know that there's a lot of people who, who have not just gotten sick, but, but there's a lot more people who are feeling the economic uh, pain of, of of the pandemic and and um, and you know the isolation and and so forth. We have 96 hours of of live customer service, including uh, 12 hours on Saturday and and Sunday. So uh, we're also very available. So you know uh, and just very smart people. Uh, we have one person here who works in a brain stimulation lab, uh, one of the one of the best ones in the in the country. She, she also happens to to work. Fisher Wallace, uh, part-time doing customer support. So you, she may be the one who you're chatting with. You're actually chatting with a very, a very accomplished scientist on our site. So, so anyway, I just invite people to come and ask any questions. There's a lot to, lot to learn and uh, hope, hope we can help. Yeah. I think that's great that especially during COVID when depression is just going up. It's tripled. Uh, it's tripled. They, the CDC actually surveyed patients and found that the rate of depression in U.S. adults has tripled since uh, since March of last year. Absolutely. I can see that just because everyone is in isolation and they're not going to, you know, work for reprieve or school. So I think this is great because this is a device that you can use and then you 
obviously you can reach out to somebody over at Fisher Wallace and you, you know, you're right. There are a lot of people who during this time aren't getting psychiatric help or even, you know, counseling during this time. So um, I think this is great what you guys are doing. Thank you, Kelly, for, for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. That was Kelly Roman, CEO and co-founder of Fisher Wallace. If you want to learn more about him, you can just go to my website to atstpodcast.com. That is the letter A, tstpodcast.com. Also, please subscribe to my website for the latest news and my monthly magazine, Authentic Insider, and follow me on all of my social media channels. I'm Lorelei Binstock, and you've been listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Take care. 